So we're looking at the Christmas account at the end of Matthew, and what we have here is an experience that uh, many parents find to be something very joyful, the naming of a newborn child. Uh, we've just had a young couple in the church, Ben and Jai, uh, have a little baby, and I don't know if they've found a name for Phoebe. Well, that's news to me. So it's a joyful occasion, isn't it, uh, to name a baby. And what we have in Matthew is the naming of the baby Jesus Christ. And do you know what? It wasn't a joyful occasion for his parents, especially for Joseph. In the reading, we discovered that Joseph, he was a young man, early 20s maybe, no older than that. He was betrothed. Uh, that's more than engagements. In Bible times, to betroth was a very serious step. It wasn't quite marriage, uh, but marriage was guaranteed. And Mary was probably a teenager on the older side of the teenage spectrum. And Joseph, to his horror, discovered that while they're betrothed, she's pregnant. Now, he hasn't slept with her. Uh, it would have been wrong to have done that until they were married. And so he thinks she's been unfaithful. So this is not a happy occasion, is it? Uh, to have a baby born and to choose a name for the baby. Now, Joseph, as a Jewish man, had every right to shame Mary if she had been unfaithful. And we don't quite understand what that meant. But to publicly shame her would have meant punishing her for adultery. And we know what that would have meant. Mary would have been stoned, stoned to death. Instead, Joseph, being a just man, an honourable man, decides, I'll just divorce her quietly. Uh, so there will still be a stigma hanging over us for the rest of our life, but at least I will have saved Mary's life. Not an easy situation, is it? And this highlights to us that even though it's a time of rejoicing at Christmas, it's not, for many people, a time that they look forward to. I don't, I don't know, I don't want to put a dampener on anybody because we will end rejoicing this morning, right? But we wouldn't be honest if we said that for many people in the world today, it's a very difficult time of year, isn't it? We have members in our church who've lost a husband or a wife during the year, and this is going to be very traumatic for them at Christmas. Um, my neighbour, uh, who uh, was divorced, and his two daughters were estranged from him. Uh, his job uh, was a painter and decorator, and he had such bad arthritis that he couldn't 
uh, do his work. A few days ago, I found that he had committed suicide in his flats, hung himself. The wars that are going on at this time of year, Gaza, Israel, Bethlehem is in the West Bank. They've had to cancel some of the celebrations there this year for Christmas because of the war. Uh, we have heard horrible things happening, haven't we? Babies, children being killed recently. And that video, I thought, was very moving, just showing uh, the plight of many uh, people this Christmas time. But as the video highlighted, there is nothing new about this. 2,000 years ago, it was the same sadness and grief that this young couple were facing. And if you're thinking of children being killed, there was going to be an infanticide under King Herod uh, who slew all those infant boys. Horrible. So there's something very contemporary. That's what I want you to understand about the birth story of Jesus Christ. I do like the carol, Away in a Manger. I've got a soft spot for it. I didn't used to like it, but it's actually one of my favourite carols now. But it's not quite right, is it? No crying he makes. Jesus would have cried. He was a real baby. And especially with all that was going on around him. Have you come here this morning? If you're not crying on the outside, you're crying in your heart because of all the sorrows. Well, listen. It is good news. And what happened to Joseph was this. God intervened. It looked that everything was over in terms of him and Mary. Even if he could divorce her secretly, there was still going to be that stain over their characters. But instead, in a dream, and I think that's significant because poor Joseph would have lost so many uh, uh, had so many sleepless nights, losing sleep. In a dream, God intervenes, sending an angel. And the angel tells Joseph about Mary. She hasn't been unfaithful to you. The seed that is in her womb was not conceived by another man, but by God, the Holy Spirit. God is one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God, the Holy Spirit, conceived the embryo in her womb and so you can marry her uh, without a taint on your character and you're going to give a name to the baby two names are mentioned here I want to concentrate on the first name you shall call his name Jesus Jesus and that's why my friends we can rejoice today even in a world where there is war and there will always be wars and rumours of wars. We can rejoice in a society where there is estrangement, where there is sickness, where there is death, because Jesus is the name of the newborn babe. Now then, God had something better for Joseph and Mary. And um, I remember being in Israel 
um, before the trouble started. It was about three or four years ago, and we were on a tour, so we crossed over from Jerusalem to the West Bank. You had to go uh, through uh, security because you were going to the other side of the wall, and we were standing, apparently, in the fields where the shepherds were. Well, I don't know if they were the real fields, and we had a Palestinian guide, and this man was a Christian, and he said to us, when somebody asked him what he thought of the situation, uh, because he was a father of a young family, he had children, and he said to us, you know, it's very difficult for us. If I want to go to the beach to Tel Aviv with my family, I have to get a visa for each one of us. And it, it was really impossible for him. He felt completely trapped in the West Bank, oppressed. And he said, my fellow countrymen, some of them, take up arms to try and free themselves. But I'm a Christian, he said. And this is what struck me. I'm a Christian. And I don't think that's right. I'm trusting God. And I'm sure, even if he doesn't free us from this oppression, he's got something better for us. That's what stayed with me. God has got something better for us. My friend, if you are lonely this Christmas, I know it hurts, but let me say, God has got something better for you, even if that pain doesn't go away. If you're grieving this Christmas, it's going to be tough, and that's never going to go away, that sense of loss. But in the midst of that, God has got something better for you. If uh, you are perplexed about the state of the world today, there are young people, they get depressed because of the way the world is going. And I want to say to you, even if this country goes to the dogs, God has got something better for us. And that's why we are rejoicing this Christmas time. That's why even in the tears, we are able to see something that God has done. An old Puritan said, tears clear our eyes to see the promises of God. So what is this something better? It's all in the name Jesus. Do you know what the name Jesus means? Uh, the strict definition is Jehovah saves. Uh, Jehovah was the name uh, that Moses was given uh, from God. The Jews couldn't utter the word. It was so sacred. So Jesus means God saves. God saves. Joseph couldn't deal with the mess he was in. But God intervened. And this is the good news, my friends. As we heard so clearly last night, what the shepherds were told by the angel, fear not, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, not just to you, but to all people, for to you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. What is Saviour? It's the same as Jesus, one who saves. Now, the people in Jesus' day, they thought that the Messiah that God would send would save them from the oppression, not of uh, the Palestinians uh, or the Jews, 
but of the Romans. They really thought that the Messiah would come and he would come triumphantly and he would come as some hero, some physical Greek hero, and he would deliver them from Roman bondage. But that's not what Jesus saves us from. I don't, I don't know, do you listen to the Christmas messages from the Pope and the, uh, the great and the good, the Archbishop of Canterbury? I, sh- I shouldn't do it, you know, because it, <laughs> it does wind me up. <laughs> but the, the Pope, again this year, talking about the need to end all wars and have world peace, well, that's not good. It is good news if it could happen, but it can't be good news because it never is going to happen. It never is going to happen. There's something better that God intervenes to deliver us from. It's not human war. He can do that. It's not sickness. He can do that. But what he's done is sent this wonderful person to save you from sin. This horrible uh, disease that we've all got, uh, this spiritual rebellion against God, so we can be respectable sinners, like people who come to church, we can still be rebelling against God, putting our fists up to him in our hearts, or we can be out and out sinners, but we all need to be saved. Let let, let me give you uh, this anecdote. Uh, When I was the age of some of you children... Uh, It was Christmas in the late 70s, that shows how old I am, and I was ill. I was so ill, I had to go to hospital, the children's hospital in Rill. There was a children's hospital in Rill in the late 70s. And it was a horrible Christmas for me. But what made my Christmas was the song that was number one in the charts at that time. And it was Boney M. Do you remember that song? sung by Boney M in Red Square in Moscow, wearing those uh, fur, white fur coats, Mary's boy child. Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day. And you don't know how much it meant to me this year in the nine lessons and carols to be able to sing in the church choir, Mary's boy child. And the line in that, man, humanity shall live forevermore because of what happened on Christmas Day. And Boney M added an Afro-American spiritual to the song, which we also sang on the uh, carol service, the nine lessons and carols. Oh, my Lord, you sent your son to save us. Oh, my Lord, so that sin may not enslave us. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus Christ has come to do. That's the better thing. He came not just to be born. He had to be born. He was a real child. He was crying. He had to be changed. He had to be carried. He was a real baby. He had no sin, though, because the Holy Spirit conceived him. And yet, at the same time, he's God. The second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, became a man. The second name I haven't got time to deal with in this account is Emmanuel, God with us. The Son of God became the Son of Man in order that the sons of men, you and me, might become the sons of God. Veiled in flesh, as Wesley puts it, the Godhead see. Hail, incarnate 
deity. Pleased as man, capital M, rightly so, with men, small m, humanity, you and me, to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. And he came in order to go to a cross 33 years later. And on that cross, he saved us from our sins by taking the sins, not of his own, because he didn't have any, but your sin, my sin, upon himself so that a holy God could pardon us. You know, my Palestinian friend, the guide, maybe he couldn't go uh, to Tel Aviv, to the beach, but because of what Jesus Christ had done on the cross, he could go to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? To have a hope of heaven? I don't know how long... We've got left in this world. Is this going to be your last Christmas? I never thought my neighbour uh, was not going to be around this Christmas. I was talking to him a few days ago. He's only slightly older than me. I know that I'm on the other side of 50 and most of my earthly life is behind me. So the most important gift this Christmas is to know that our sins are forgiven, to know that whatever else may be trapping us in life, you may feel oppressed, uh, not by uh, the Jews or the Palestinians, but by all sorts of other things, but to know a freedom in your soul because you have a hope of heaven. And even before you get there, heaven can start here in this world because Emmanuel, God is with you. God is with you. In the sickness, God is with you. In the grief, God is with you. When you look at the television news and see all the terrible things that are happening in the world, and many of those people know God as well. Uh, One of the uh, people we're collecting to this Christmas is the people in Eastern Europe, the children in Moldova. And a few years ago, I was able to visit one of the institutions, the orphanages in the north of Moldova, in Badachen. It was something so profound to go there. We were only shown the best bits, and that was way below the standards of this country. But some of the men there, because it was a male institution, were treated like animals. And you know what? We met somebody who shone. They shone in the darkness of Badachen because wonder of wonders, they had come to believe in Jesus Christ and he was with them and they were more joyful than most of us are and we have everything, don't we? More or less. (laughs) My friends, I, I want to close by wishing you, yes, a happy Christmas, but can I say, Merry Christmas in the proper sense of the word because in spite of everything else that's going on, we can have a hope, a joy, believing in Jesus Christ. You know, the promise Emmanuel comes from Isaiah, uh, a prophet who lived centuries before Jesus was born. And Isaiah was... Uh, speaking to a king, King Ahaz, who was the king of Jerusalem, and the city was besieged by the armies of the north, 
and by other uh, armies, by the Egyptians. And uh, Ahaz is in dire straits, and he doesn't know where to turn. And Isaiah says to him, look, you've got to trust in God. Don't trust in your own resources. Put your faith in God. Instead, Ahaz went to the Assyrians, another superpower, and it all came to grief. What are you going to do this Christmas? This good news, all in the name, Jesus, Emmanuel. God became a man in order to save you and me from the worst thing, from our sin, to give us life, life forevermore because of Christmas Day. Are you going to still trust in yourself, still try to fix it yourself, or are you going to abandon all hope in yourself and do what Joseph did and what Mary did, even though they were only young, and trust in Jesus Christ? Do you know what naming the baby Jesus is an illustration of? It shows that Joseph obeyed what God had revealed to him. Naming the baby is, in effect, an act of faith, isn't it? So are you going to name this wonderful, unique child, Jesus? Not a saviour, but are you going to say, he's my Jesus? My personal Jesus. May God really bless every one of us this Christmas. I don't know what your situation is. I don't want uh, to be sentimental but I do want, whatever your situation, whether happy or sad, that you will know Jesus, Emmanuel, with you. Have a very merry Christmas in the proper sense of the word. We're going to sing now, uh, in conclusion, hark. That's an old English word for listen, listen. The herald angels sing glory to the newborn king, but the herald angels can't sing of a personal saviour. They can only draw our attention to it. We can sing from experience. May it be your experience that Jesus has saved me from my sin. 171.
hallelujah. For God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Lord, may that be somebody here, many people here, all of us here. And now may that grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this Christmas day and for all eternity. Amen.